Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition. And today's topic is gambits and game theories. Ooh, mm. gotta, gotta love it. And who do I have? Of course, my intrepid co-hosts, Chuck Nice, Jack. Hey, hey, Neil. All right, very good. You are not the professional athlete in this group. <laughs> so we go to Gary O'Reilly for that. That's right. Gary. What's up, right. buddy? Hi, Neil. Hey, How Chuck. you doing? Now, none of us have any particular competitive expertise in the stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about game theory. We're going to talk about 21st century chess. And there's a lot going on there. Is it a sport? Do we bring it into the Olympics? Or are computers beating us? What's Ooh. going on? So I, hey, we had to bring in an expert, okay? And so we're bringing in Dr. Jonathan Schaefer. Jonathan, welcome to Star Talk. Thank you very much. All right. You're a professor in the computer, computing science department at the University of Alberta, Canada. Formerly, you were dean there, but you quickly stepped down, I think, wisely. So now you can actually get some work done, right? <laughs> Is this how that works? Yep. All right. Uh, and we have on record here that you created a computer program called Chinook. This is now 25 years ago that became the world champion of American checkers. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Now checkers, you know, but that's not chess, right? So as so. as as checkers is often disparaged by that comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. that guy's playing checkers, not chess. <laughs> I'm just. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm just. I'm just saying. But uh, what what I liked especially is uh, you're also behind the program. Polaris, did I get that right? Great name, by the way. Um, how to get in good with every astronomer in the room. Uh, that plays the uh, Texas Hold'em poker. That's right. So for me, that's a, that's uh, even uh, more intriguing. But tell me, uh, what what kind of work have you been involved in with AI and and game solving? Well, of course, I'm doing research in AI. And uh, when I was young, I wanted to be the world chess champion. I mean, Bobby <laughs> Fischer was my my role model when I was young. But a lack of talent and an interest in girls sort of got in the way, and so I turned to AI to realize my dreams. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah. couldn't be world champion, <laughs> I'm going to let my computer program be the world champion. So that led mm. to you know building 
world champion caliber programs in checkers uh, and poker and a variety of other games. And so I'm a very competitive person. When I start one of these projects, we want to win. And uh, I don't let human egos get in the way of trying to build superhuman game playing programs. Right. So what you're saying is you weren't you weren't as good in chess as you wanted to be, as inspired as you were by Bobby Fischer. So you started writing software and code that could beat not that only you, but possibly... Could kick yeah. your own ass? Basically. That's what he, he was like, you know, if I can't be the best, I'm going to make the thing that's going to be the best. And then, by proxy, I am the best. Oh, oh I see. I, Even if he can't be the best. Even if I, I am a genius. I'm a genius. <laughs> I am a genius. Right. So in, this is in movies, right? You're saying, well, oh, you want to kick my ass? Wait, first you have to kick my robot's ass. Okay. Right. Yeah. Then you've got to get to me. This is how this works. <laughs> but, you know, Chuck, Chuck, to your point, one of the most traumatic moments in my life was working on my chess program. And I'm a chess master. And the day that it finally beat me, I almost cried. Oh. And cheered with delight. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I uh, I I know that feeling. I have it every time I have an argument with my fourteen-year-old son and lose. <laughs> <laughs> so the Darth Vader Skywalker moment. Exactly. Yeah, but it could also be. It's very sort of Pygmalion, right? It's like your creation. Um, you fall. Did you fall in love with your program? No comment. <laughs> no, that's right. That's, another, that's a different AI program you're working on. Uh, right. That's the robot girlfriend. That replaced the young lady that got him interested in something else. You just chess. asked the chess master that question, and you saw his move there, didn't you? Just right. <laughs> so a couple of years back, we I had uh, Maurice Ashley, the chess grandmaster, American yeah. grandmaster, come to. Uh, he visited. I, I forgot whether he was in town or we nabbed him, or we, I forgot how we got him into my office, but. A chess grandmaster, and I asked him about uh, Bobby Fischer and what it is to get a machine to learn how to play chess. Do you learn the way Bobby Fischer learned, or the other rules? Let's find out what he said. Grandmaster Maurice Ashley was Fischer innovatively brilliant because nobody trained him, and he had to figure it all out on his own. So therefore, he came out of someplace else. Because had he been formally trained, everyone would know he learned these moves that way and that. And if you come from somewhere else, if you're self-taught, nobody knows how to play you. Is there I some think, of that in there? I think there is some of that in there. Fisher was his own freak. I mean, he had his own genius. And his main forte, in addition to being immensely gifted, was his work ethic. He studied everything, looked at everything, looked at other languages so that he could read stuff in Russian. Uh, he, he was incredibly gifted at just consuming information. And then him being himself, he would... On top of that. He would just add his own twist to it. And the, you have to realize, a whole Soviet school was pitted against them. They wanted to destroy this upstart. And they knew it from when he was... 14, 15, 16 years old. I mean, this was this was a a star in the firmament they that they him. spotted and said, that kid can play. And, you know, it doesn't take much. I don't care what country you're from or race you're from, gender, I mean, you name it. You start playing chess moves and chess players are like, this person will kick your ass. Watch out. And they knew it from when he was young and he was bent on taking them down because he was 
uh, he was a perfectionist and he wanted to play against the best. So that drive, that energy uh, was, was unmatched, was unparalleled. Maybe, maybe Kasparov, we could argue, matches, matches that kind of focus. But th- there's very few players in the history of chess that had that burning desire to simply eviscerate you. And that was Fisher. And, and he said it. He just, he loves that moment. Battle terms. That's, that was, I will that's the crush game. and destroy you. I will eviscerate you. That is, that it's is just a war game. on a board. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. We, you know, oh, oh, oh this. I got to go. <laughs> what? <laughs> go this is chess we're talking about. <laughs> chess, is, chess is life. And that's, that's a direct quote from Fisher. Mm. Wow. So, so, Jonathan, uh, if, if Bobby Fisher was sort of a perfect learning machine, uh, today, in modern sort of AI, AI models, are they perfect learning machines like Bobby Fisher? Is, is he some, some system, some method and operation to follow? Or has AI found even more clever pathways hmm. to success? Well, humans are fundamentally different than computers, and they do things very differently. Bobby Fischer was absolutely remarkable. What he did in, in the span of time that he was on the top of his game is, is incredible. But what we learned from experience is that if you feed human knowledge into AIs, they don't play as well as if they can learn on their own. Take a look at... Uh, Damn, the, that's cold. Yeah. That's it just makes, not right. I was going to say, well, <laughs> it just makes perfect sense, though. <laughs> but it, it does in a way, and if you take a look at the Alpha Zero chess program, it starts off with just the rules of the game. And then it plays against itself. It's a very lonely experience, but it plays against itself millions of times. And it becomes superhuman. And not only does it superhuman, it plays chess in a way that is so different than humans do that we can actually learn from these AIs. The nice thing about these AIs, though, is they they don't have an ego. They're not going to make a snide remark when they they beat you. Mm. Um, And... Well, it's a completely still, different and humble you can experience. Still, oh, Jonathan, you programming, though. <laughs> wait, wait, Jonathan, you Behind can program the, scenes, the AI to make uh, snide remarks. You wouldn't that be that. funny? And to trash talk during the game. Actually, in my first chess program, that's exactly what I did. Because, well, <laughs> there's a competitive spirit behind the facade of uh, an AI researcher. Oh, man, that's so mm-hmm. cool. Oh, that's oh. funny. Oh, why didn't you leave that in there? I want so badly to give somebody, because, you know, these chess programs are immensely popular right now. Yeah. And, you know, they have some of the free versions online where you can get, like, the beginner versions. And you'll, I guess that's how they kind of suck you in. They give you the beginner version for free. And then you, like, you play that and then uh, you move up. But it would be so great just to have that, program saying things like that's all you got or <laughs> oh no Chuck, Chuck <laughs> now you that you gotta give him the Schwarzenegger Terminator voice. Oh like, really? so uh, now now you gotta up the game and and sort of characterize the voice and have certain movie characters to come in there and just then you can trash. Oh wow Queen to Bishop Four you're going down. <laughs> you, gotta, <laughs> uh, you know who you want to do next, don't you? Wait, wait. So, Jonathan, you said it plays millions of games. Uh, how quickly can it play a million games against itself? Yeah. Very quickly. And the reason is because these computers are operating at the speed of light. You know, the human brain is amazing, but it's incredibly slow. When Bobby Fischer plays chess, he's analyzing roughly two chess positions per second, which is fast for humans. 
but slow by computers. Take a look at Deep Blue. We all know who Deep Blue is. Chess program built in 1997, which defeated by, by IBM. Just to, to, yeah, to IBM's Deep Blue. Where it goes. 1997 technology. That's 23 years ago. That program was looking at 200 million chess positions per second compared to Garry Kasparov's too. You know what's amazing? The media doesn't get it right. People are stunned when they say, oh, computers are better than humans. And I say, well, that's not such an interesting technology story. What's much more interesting is that the humans withstood the technological onslaught of computers for as long as they did. Because when you look at those numbers, the computers have an enormous speed mm. advantage. Well, wait, so, so computers are better... Well, 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 okay, let me, let me slice it, let me thread a needle here. Are computers better than us because they're faster than us? Or are they better than us because they are more clever? Because if they're simply faster, of course they're faster, all right? I'm not going to, you know, take, I'm not going to find the square root of a, an eight-digit number on my own. Give it to the damn computer, all right? So, so can you tell me that the AI is coming from a whole other place in where it's going? So the AI is two things, or as are human chess players. They're search and knowledge. And humans do search very slowly. They only look at two positions right. at a time. Computers can go millions of times faster, and that's a huge advantage. Humans make up for the search by knowledge. Garry Kasparov can tell you amazing things about chess. My AIs, maybe not so much. And so it's Plus, most of those million moves are not interesting, and, a, and, a, and an expert chess player would never Right. That's right. There's a majority of the moves, an overwhelming yeah. majority of the moves, that are immaterial. They're ruled right. out right away. So, right. Yeah, but if you're building an AI that's uh, um, got all these speed advantages, it costs nothing to look at all these moves. And yeah, 99% right. of them are, are bad, but if you don't look at all of them, you might miss something really good. When you talk about pattern recognition and machine learning as opposed to actual intelligence that human beings possess, which is an actual, the same type of thing, but executed differently. In a chess program, has there ever been the computer that has come up with the innovation? So it's, wow, look at that. Nobody's Chuck, ever thought of that. That's what Jonathan said. It said they play the game completely differently yeah. as a result of having explored all the parameter space. And they find all these amazing things that humans never even thought of looking at or, quite frankly, humans overlooked. So, we make mistakes. Jonathan, if, if we've got this powerful speed freak of AI, could it then go away and bring together or bring forward something like Nash's Equilibrium? Or is it just going to deliver in a certain way, but not create things like that that will allow to roll out into all sorts of different areas of life? Wait, what's Nash's equilibrium? Do, I, Chuck, I, do we have to explain everything to you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> That's why I'm here. And me. exactly why I'm here. <laughs> so you guys can explain everything to me. Wait, wait, so, no, so what, more, is, what more, is Nash's equilibrium? Right, hold on. More uh, broadly, what role does game theory play? Mm. And... And which is how and when and why you might even find an, a Nash equilibrium in the middle of it. So there's one type of game is called a perfect information game. It's like chess and checkers. At every point in the game, you know exactly what's going on. You know where the pieces are. You know whose turn it is. You have complete information. There's another kind of game called imperfect information. 
that's where some of the information is hidden. That's like a game like poker where you know your cards, but you don't know your opponent's cards. John Nash came oh, up Oh, by with the way, this. that would include even bridge, where yes. you're playing with someone, but uh, you don't know their cards, know their cards. Mm-hmm. Yes. even though you're on the same side. Right. Okay. Right. Let, let's stick to poker because I think sure. uh, more people understand the, the, the real concept of poker, which is a fundamental concept, which is bluffing, which is a really important concept in, uh, in poker. And uh, what Nash came up with was this brilliant idea that in these imperfect information games, you can get to a point where everybody has a strategy they can follow and everybody breaks even. And if you deviate from that strategy, you're going to lose. And so this Nash equilibrium is something that is quite surprising. John Nash got the Nobel Prize for it. In economics. In economics, that's right. And and many of your listeners may, may recognize John Nash from the amazing movie called A Beautiful Mind, which details his, his at times, tragic life. What's interesting, though, about this this Nash equilibrium, since you bring it up, is that people think of poker as being a a game of deception and bluffing. And it is. Mm -hmm. But the reality is is that that's a human concept. And the AIs, remember when we talked about chess, they play very differently. They play almost alien-like in in terms of uh, how they play chess. But when it comes to poker, my poker programs have no knowledge of bluffing or deception. It turns out that it all falls out in the mathematics. And so when you take the mathematical area of game theory and the Nash's equilibrium and you use these concepts in your program, you get bluffing and deception for free. And the net result is you get poker playing programs that can, just like in chess, can beat all humans. So right. you don't need to teach them how to read a tell or a, a no. facial micro-expression. I, I mean, listen, because you're, right. playing the, you're playing the percentages at all times. You're yeah. playing the math. It doesn't make a difference. Why do I care what your face looks like if I know that you have a 4% probability mm-hmm. of having a particular hand? I'm going to bet that 4% because I no, have no, a no, 96% no, no. chance of winning. No, no, that's not it. It's whether th- there's a 4% chance you have the hand that will beat your hand. Well, that's, that's what I'm okay. saying. I mean, well, no, no. <laughs> I, I want you to have the pan that I will lose, Neil. <laughs> I'm just clarifying for precision here. Yeah. Okay. But, so but yeah, I, wait, wait, I mean, I'm, wait, wait. I'm, I'm very fascinated by this. What you're saying is this notion that I'm going to read. You know, I'm going to. They're going to wear dark sunglasses so you can't see their eyes, so they can't see their emotions, so they can't see this. You're saying that AI playing AI will bluff without having to read anybody's body language. That's correct. Yeah. That's, that's so freaky. Cool. That's a, that's amazing. Not so only the cool will they bluff, is, they'll do it well. The cool thing is, if you watch the World Championships of Poker, they have an AI playing along with the game that's being played. Yeah. So oh. that you can actually see <clears throat> all of the mathematical probabilities and percentages of each hand so that you can see how well the actual human players are playing against one another as opposed to the measure of, of an right. AI. And I think it makes uh-huh. it, it's the only reason I watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Jonathan, we got to uh, bring this segment to a close, but just, just let's exit with, just, I got one no. question for, 
Let's keep this guy. <laughs> this is fascinating stuff. He's our new best friend. Exactly. He's our new best friend, right? Because yeah. you, you want to win some poker game. That's all you want to do. Yeah. You like so, <laughs> actually, I, I, I'd like to play chuck and poker. I think there's a real opportunity there for me. Absolutely. Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan. That was just a that was a smackdown right there. Not really, because let me tell you something. <laughs> I would be offended if my poker face wasn't. You gonna lose. You gonna lose. <laughs> I'm afraid I will just have to use my best Arnold Schwarzenegger takedown and put you in your place. <laughs> so, are, are you working on any programs now to beat something in the future that we're gonna you're gonna show up in the news? Uh, right now, no. I'm working on some fundamental problems to do with games, but not to build superhuman uh, game playing programs. Okay. Mm. So, what I'd like is, you know, we do games, game. The whole gaming universe is rising up in everyone's yep. awareness, especially ours. Yeah. And so, uh, if we can bring you back to talk about other games that show up, that'd be great to have you as our sort of man at arm's reach for mm -hmm. when we need expertise how, on this. How are you at Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at rolling the dice. I've practiced a lot. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so Jonathan, it's been a delight to have you on. We will definitely find an excuse to bring you back since you're, you, apparently you're our best friend now for this reason. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, Jonathan Thank Schaefer, you. thanks for joining us. Pleasure. And we'll, we'll be back. This is Star Talk Sports Edition, Gambits and Game Theory when we return. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship from a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas, and Panama. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. 
And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. We're back, Star Talk Sports Edition, Gambits and Game Theory. And in this segment, we're going to focus on chess in the 21st century. You know, chess brings back all these images of like old crusty men playing at tables and things. And I think that that's been changing of late. And so I, in, in this segment, I want to sort of broaden this out. But before we do so, let me reintroduce my co host, Chuck Nice. Hey. What's Chuck, that? Chuck, what's, what's that shirt you're wearing? You got that? Ooh. I kind of recognize. It says, science is true whether or not you believe in it. I re- I, I've heard of that quote. Yeah. <laughs> you, re- you resemble that quote. So. I, I resemble yes. <laughs> you rese- Yeah, no. So this is a cool new Star Talk shirt that. Uh, okay. I don't even have one yet. Okay. No, no right. yes. Yeah, so. Uh, you got on the early list for that. I did. Uh, okay. I, I got this, and uh, I got it along with a vaccine, so I'm just good now. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, he pretended he was 90 years old and stepped ahead of some little old lady. Yeah, that's, that's... No, uh, but yeah, you you can pick these up now. You can order these now, people. Look at that. And it's oh, really nice. cool. I mean, I will put cool a link in it. I, hadn't, I haven't seen it yet, so that's a, you're yeah. doing this behind my back. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Gary. Yes. Always good to have you, man. Thank you, my friend. Okay, I love your sports sense. So here's with it: none of us play chess, or if we do, we're probably not good at it. Not so exactly. We, no. we needed somebody who had some street cred in this at all. So we've got somebody who won the girls' nationals, U.S. girls' nationals, at age 15. Ooh. Okay, our currently ranked women's FIDE master. Okay, that's a title. All right, and you're host of. She's host of. Botez Live, all right, on Twitch, alongside her kid sister, Andrea. And she's a 24-year-old trash-talking chess player and internet influencer, Alexandria Botez. Alexandria, welcome to Star Talk. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I, excellent, excellent. I got to ask you the, like, the, the perfunctory questions like, what got you interested in chess? Let's get these out of the way. So, so right. give, us a, give us a short history of your interest in chess? Yeah, so uh, traditionally in the US, chess has been seen as a game for nerds. But in Eastern Europe, it's a game for everyone. And my parents came from Romania where there was a very heavy chess culture. So my dad actually started teaching me when I was six. 
Oh, okay. Ooh. So this is just, that's like here, like you go out with your kids and, and play ball with yeah, them in the backyard. Ball. Yeah. Then they set you up in front of a chessboard. Man, that's badass. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all of the kids have to do it. It's just kind of a rite of passage. Wait, wait, but 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 you didn't reject it. So not everyone is going to yeah. embrace it. So what's well, different see, about you? She wanted to eat. <laughs> oh, oh, oh Chuck, honest. there's a window on your parenting skills. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. No. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, I think it started just because I was super competitive, which I got from my dad. So he actually wanted to troll my mom, uh, who didn't play very much chess, and he said... I'm going to teach my six-year-old daughter how to play, and I bet she can beat you in two weeks. Oh, the trash wow. talking is wow. in the house. So it's in the blood. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I grew up like this, so when I say things, it's not my fault. It's been ingrained since a young age, you know? <laughs> all right, so all right, so you that's your baptism, your chest baptism. And yes. but wait, just, wait, two weeks later... What I happened? beat her yeah. with an opening trick. I mean, think of the Terminator coming into chess with a, like a four-move tactical combination he remembered, and then I just got lucky, and my dad just will never let my mom forget. <laughs> so, but so you beat your mother so after two weeks? Bet. He won the at bet. chess at chess meal. Careful. Okay. You okay. Let's take a peek at. Uh, my next clip with Maurice Ashley, because I asked him, what did it take to make it to the top of the game? Generally, what is required for this to happen? Let's check it out. You've made a strong case for being possessed in your early days, in your love for chess. Um, can someone reach international grandmaster just simply by studying, but not being completely possessed by it? Really? No, you cannot become an international grammar. That means all the international grammars, there's something a little different about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to want to be a grandmaster of chess, I, I think, you know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours. That's not enough. I mean, you have to have... You play 10,000 games. Yeah. Forget the 10,000 I mean, hours. You, you have to have the passion. You have to have the will. You have to have the determination. You have to have the desire... Uh, to study that much, to put in that amount of data into your brain. Uh, and on top of it, you have to have the thickest skin to tolerate being humiliated over and over on your way to the top. I've seen many talented young players. Players where people say, he's got the gift. He's the next Bobby Fischer. They, they all, he's the next Gary Kasparov. They get all and, they're, and you can see that they're excellent players. But the moment they get to a level where they start getting punched in the nose and they can't quite win as easily as they did back in the young days, they suddenly start to feel a little less comfortable and suddenly the game's not as much fun and suddenly they don't want to do it as much. And that struggle to get past that critical point has stopped many a prodigy. I think that happened to my son because he, he beat people easily throughout elementary school, middle school. Bad thing to do. Into high school. Mm -hmm. And he started beating me when he was 12. And by the time he was 14, I would take one game out of 30 mm. from him. And then he goes into high school tournaments. And now, like national tournaments. And then you start seeing people his age, even younger. And it's like, oh, it's not so easy anymore. It's not so, you know, 
and 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 I think the effort that it actually requires to be the best had eluded him all those previous years. And so I think he might have been a casualty in just the way you described. Yes, I don't know that that's what happened to him, mm -hmm. but but that happens to a lot of young people. They especially when it comes easy. You know, that one of those things things should not come too easily to you. <laughs> You're gifted, but you shouldn't yeah, you yeah. shouldn't feel like, "Oh, come on, I'm going to beat everyone." Mm -hmm. uh, because it takes so much work and the thing is everybody at the top is gifted. Every last one of them is tremendously gifted no matter which one of those players. Uh, Magnus Carlsen happens to be the best of the best of the best, but everyone after him is a freak. And they all have to work really hard, extremely hard, to maintain that level because there's some kid who's 16 years old in China right now who everybody's pointing at and saying, he's the next one. And China's got a billion people and, to right, and, they're, and they're knocking on the door and you're sitting at the top like, man, I'm trying to hold on to this title. <laughs> I'm trying to be one of the best because as soon as that player comes up, you're gonna, somebody is going to get replaced. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, Alexandra, so are you weirdly obsessed, possessed? And are, and you... are you, like, thoroughly depressed now after that, hearing all <laughs> that? <laughs> uh, I am not a grandmaster. I'm a master. Just a master. Just a master. Just a master. Why do why do we why are we even talking to her? Why are we wasting our time here, guys? <laughs> She's just a master. <laughs> All right, but so t so tell us what level of weird preoccupying obsession has to descend upon people, or does it? It absolutely does. You have to live and breathe chess. There's moments in your life where it's your number one priority. And to end up being a professional chess player is worse than becoming a struggling artist. I just feel like it's worse. Actually, I'm sure artists also have it pretty bad. But the point is, it, there's not a lot of money in chess unless you're in the top 10 in the world. So you're only doing it because of your pure obsession and comp being competitive for the sake of being the best. So you have to have a very strong why to why you play. Wow. So, wow. Which, uh, so just to restate what you just said, you're saying in so many other professions, uh, there's a lot of money awaiting people who are all really good at it. Mm -hmm. But here, the money's only awaiting the very few, so you got, you're not driven by money. Yeah, exactly. It's a pure passion sport. Gee, okay. Wow. Uh, no, so, 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 okay, in, in the words of a uh, soon-to-be former president, why, why would mm -hmm. you do it? <laughs> I actually think that's the question. And that was one thing that really changed my trajectory because when I won girls nationals, I got offered a full ride to um, be on the chess team at university of Texas. Okay. That's and a reason that that is a good reason. That, okay. That's some money reason. in there. Okay. That's right. a good reason. That, that yeah. is a good reason, but it would also mean that that would be my number one priority. And I realized that if I wanted to do chess, that's all I could ever do. And for me, that wasn't a compelling why. I'm much more passionate about things like making really good content for chess and getting the average person into it, which I think is so beneficial and so inspiring that that's why I switched more to the content side so of it. So you, you see being more of an ambassador for the game, the sport, the endeavor, whatever anybody's going to call it. We'll get to whether or not it's a sport, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> so I don't want to be, I don't want to chime in right there. But it, is, the, is the ambassadorship 
where your passion is. That's what you feel is, because uh, I think that that's, you know, based on what we were listening to with Maurice, I mean, you're talking about an extremely high uh, litmus uh, for anybody to, to, to pass uh, in terms of uh, that kind of dedication. There are very few people who have that kind of dedication to anything. So right, that's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you look at Edison talking about how much he worked. Right. Right. Yeah. No one is saying, "Oh, he's just naturally brilliant." That boy worked right. his ass he off. He worked his ass right. off. So, right, yeah. wait, wait, so, 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 Alexandra, are you? So, what you're saying is, um, some of your chess energy that might just be purely put into chess, you are also spreading into, um, as as as. As Chuck said, becoming an ambassador for the sport, raising the awareness level just to increase the health of the sport in general. Is that uh, now a priority? That is my my biggest priority right now. And I had to have that switch because I know what it's like to be obsessed with chess. And that's what got me to the level that I'm at right now. But I think it's also extremely fascinating to be able to explain these difficult concepts to people who maybe never would have been into the game otherwise. At, at all. And, and what's helping you, of course, is the, 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 the runaway success of The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Um, we, we, we made time for that, saw it maybe within two days of when it posted. But uh, all anecdotal evidence suggests that, I mean, from, from the sales of, of, of chess boards over the holidays to the chatter that's going on and the membership and the number of total games played, uh, that's had a real effect on things. I mean, the two of you, right? Yeah, I mean, the Queen's Gambit success has absolutely bled into all types of chess events and chess content and chess um, equipment like boards. So it's been super exciting to see. Wait, wait, Gary, did you hear she used the word bled? That's very (laughs) warlike. You didn't oh, no. spill, overflow. No, you bled. Look, we've, we've already war. heard Maurice Ashley talk about evisceration. Okay. Anyone thinks this is this is tea and, tea and biscuits? As simple as I want to sell more chessboards. Yeah. We'll bleed into it. This is pretty. This See, is what, pretty. Yeah. I mean, all right. We we are looking at brutality. Okay, in the just most, want to, in the most just want to be clear. form. I didn't want that to go by without somebody other no, than no. me noticing. Okay, yeah. keep going, Alexander. All right, you won't make me bleed my own blood. Isn't that one of the wonderful <laughs> quotes? I mean, you got to okay, think go. of these yeah. super passionate chess players. Nobody ever cared about this game when I was growing up. It was nerdy. People made fun of it. And now all of a sudden, it's a number one hit on Netflix. You never have a moment like this as a chess enthusiast in your entire life. So we're just all trying to make the most of it and are so excited to try, see try to surf regular that. people surf that. like this game. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think you're right to do it. I think you're right to ride this wave because what I hear is Parcheesi is on your heels. And you're, uh, you, you know, once, once that catch is on, forget about it. That, that new Netflix show about the Parcheesi champion. Oh, man, I'm intimidated already. So the thing, the thing is, Alexandra, you look at your sport and then being 20-something, you see it through your natural lens of digital, social media, how she's a 21st I... century person, right? Yeah, and she's going to look at it and say, "This thing needs to be electrified." I'm going to. In, in fact, let me, let's an... establish yeah. this. Let's establish this clearly. Right. Uh, so you're 24, going on 25. I actually which turned it... 25, but you turned right. 25. Recent, okay, so what yeah. it means is you 
barely have a memory of the 20th century, if all if you are a normal human. Because right. our, our earliest memories are when we're four, typically, if you're really precocious, maybe three. But exactly. basically, between three and five. So the, so the 20th century is, some, is, you are all made, branded, made in the 21st century. So what is that doing to chess? Because I don't want to cr- entirely credit the Queen's Gambit. Uh, Netflix series for this because you're out there. You got a huge following. You, uh, uh, you got pe- and you tra- the fun with you and your sister. You know, I caught some of those. You know, that's just fun <laughs> to just to watch the confusion, right? And and it's fun confusion because there's always an objective there. So you, I'm not. You, you can't tell me you're not a participant on this landscape. Yeah, I mean. It's made me shift how I prioritize what we're doing with chess. Before, it was all about accuracy. It's a game of perfect information. Mm -hmm. All you're trying to optimize is for the most accurate play. That's your number one goal. But now with um, playing online, when you're playing fast games, it's not just about accuracy. It's also about playing trickier things that are hard to calculate in a specific time. And then when you add an audience on top of that, the number one goal is making it either entertaining or educational, or if you're talented, both. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what Maurice Ashley had to say, because I asked him about the 21st century chess. And this interview is only a couple of years old, but let's find out what he tells us. I think that chess has definitely married well with the 21st century. It's now a big online game. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes online and plays. Everybody all over the world, you can just get online and play in these internet chess clubs and chess.com and all these great sites. And you just go on and you play players from all over the world. And I think that you're right. There is something that's lost in that face-to-face, personal, mano-a-mano, and also just the interaction between people at a board. Uh, but at the same time, it also there's something enhanced because the game has gotten much more international. And if I'm a, I'm a kid in Brooklyn, I could get online and be playing some kid in South Africa or in Tokyo uh, or in Australia, just like that. What's to stop someone getting online, because there's not a picture of you there. You're just this, probably a name handle. What's to stop someone from attaching a computer to the other side and then you end up playing the computer? But you Absolutely don't know nothing. Absolutely nothing. The only thing that stops them is their integrity. And if, oh. they, and if there's a deficit of that, then you're going to be playing against a computer <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I, I think there's, I mean, clearly there's some people who do that, but most people are online to have a good time. <laughs> and you can pretty much very quickly see when someone's playing a little, you know, out of their league, uh, and most people just want to have fun. So, very rarely do they cheat. So, so Alexandra, what Maurice is not imagining here, because he's saying 21st century, you're exploiting the electronics of uh, and the internet and the web. Uh, what he's not imagining is turning that activity into a spectator sport, which is what you've done. Right. I mean, nobody expected that for games either. It seemed a little bit counterintuitive for anybody to enjoy watching somebody else play a game. Play video games, which is huge. Yeah. Right. Um, And when you think about it, it's kind of similar to sports. Um, Why would you watch sports instead of just play it yourself? Because you're looking at the people who are the best at this particular game, and it's really entertaining, and you learn more from it. You get inspired. And chess is now having a very similar uprising on the internet where all of a sudden people think it's entertaining or educational to watch see that's it you do you you emulate your heroes neil you know as as a young boy growing up watching soccer i wanted to be pele i wanted to be the the world's greats and, and emulate them and i think 
Wait, did you do the back the backwards fl- uh, bicycle kick into the goal? Yeah, but I missed the like ball pretty much every time. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the ball. Oh, you, you did yeah. the move. Yeah. You just missed the ball. Yeah, okay. and maybe I wasn't as naturally blessed as I imagined. Um, I, all I all I look at when we when we listen to Alexandra is you know chess may be becoming the new rock and roll, but I, am I looking at the new lead singer here? Oh wow, that's very flattering. Are you talking about Neil? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs me to flatter him. <laughs> yeah, right? uh, I mean, it, it, it's really weird to even think that, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely become one of the most well-known female chess figures, and I think that's what it usually goes like with um, the intersection of social media and any sport. Mm-hmm. It's the person who is good at that sport, but also very good at spreading content and learning how to reach a wide audience. So, so, and that's what I don't think Maurice was imagining as oh. a 21st century um, manifestation of chess. And so, right, so, so this, this is interesting. So, Alexander, you could have birthed an entire... Uh, an entire stratum of chess enthusiasts where, uh, well, you could be spoiling them because they think this is what chess <laughs> is. And if they get really good and they go to the international contest oh, no. and there's the Russian across the table, now they just want to smack talk it and that you're not supposed to do that. That's true, but I actually wonder what the desires of the average person is because anyone can play in an over-the-board tournament and they can enjoy it because um, they're also going to get matched with people who have a similar ranking to them. But for the hobbyist, now you can enjoy chess just by playing it online. So maybe it's going to be a difference where people are playing the most chess ever online before they've even ever played a game that lasts over two hours, which is insane to me. Wow. Ah. Wow. Okay, that's just a difference. That's just a difference. We've been discussing strategies and Nash equilibrium with Professor, with Dr. Schaefer. And here I'm listening to a chess master whose strategies are very much 21st century. I want to trash talk (laughs) someone. I'm actually going to illustrate my moves as I play. So there's an educational part of it. There's a time, if you play blitz, that you'll play complicated moves. So as that person has to calculate in a short space of time, this is evil, by the way, just so as everyone knows, that's how I think about it, because I can't play chess. But this is strategy all the same. And Alexandra seems to be working it to her own, devi- her own advantage, most well, certainly. Well, we got to take a break, but when we come right. back, we'll get into her gameplay <clears throat> and just find out, because uh, Alexandra, we saved the, uh, part three for just sort of shoot the shit, right? Yeah. So I just want to get into so what your tactics are and, and how successful are they and what role you have your sister, your kid sister playing in, in all of this. So we're going to take a quick break. This is Star Talk Sports Edition, Gambits and Game Theory when we return. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential. And through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, 
not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We're back, Star Talk Sports Edition. We're talking about gambits and game theory as applied to chess. And I got Chuck. Chuck. Hey, hey. Always there, Gary. Hey, Neil. You're helping me do this, and we yep. have to bring in someone who had at least some expertise in chess, <laughs> unlike the three of us. And yep. so we went straight to the internet top, and Alexandra Botez. Alexandra, welcome to Star Talk. This is our third segment. We were just trying, we just uh, unscripted, just try to. Uh, learn some stuff, uh, free association. But what? why is there, there's a particular kind of gambit associated with you in particular? What is that? What? That's what? called the Botez Gambit. The Botez mm-hmm. Gambit. Well, first, tell me what a gambit is. Just what, what is a gambit? I, I will, but for those listening, don't try these at home. Don't uh, try these at home. <laughs> All right. You, you can put you, your eye out. Don't try this at home. Use okay. at your own risk. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. So gambits are usually when you give up some material for some kind of compensation that is along the lines of piece activation. So say you give a pawn, and even though you're down a pawn, your pieces are going to be more active. So it usually feels fair. Oh, I see. So so, so you, you, sacrificing for an advantage or yeah. sacrificing to disadvantage. Yeah, sometimes you disadvantage yourself. That's what mine does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Botez Gambit is what now? So, uh, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing, but... When you play chess that lasts only 60 seconds, you make a lot more mistakes. And I can't- And what kind of chess is 60 second chess? It's called bullet. So the entire game can't last longer than two minutes. Wow. So one minute for each of you. Exactly. Right, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, And I kept blundering my queen, which means giving it away. So I joked that it was a gambit and that I would get compensation as a way of kind of trying to overcome what happened. And then it just ended up growing from there, even though people use it mostly as a joke. Okay, so... (laughs) Hey, Magnus Carlsen Botez gambited like two weeks ago. It happens to everyone. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Oh, Oh. no, you're hiding behind Carlsen now, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Wait, wait, so isn't the question... You, you accidentally gambit your queen, but do you come out on top at the end? It's interesting. I actually 
played some games where I would give it up on purpose to see what my rating was without a queen against somebody my rating. And it was like a class A player without my queen. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, okay. that was pretty decent. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Now, I heard, wasn't there... Uh, so, I, I it's my... the equivalent of playing with one arm tied behind your back, basically. Okay. Oh, I'd say two arms, because it's your most valuable. <laughs> <laughs> All you can do so, is bite them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. We're, so, so uh, I, had, I had my son do some checking on you, and so he dug up a series of games you played where every game... Your opponent, you, you played someone better than you, so mm -hmm. you put you introduced some kind of handicap. So they introduced the Botez handicap on your opponent. And so if I remember this correctly, your opponent had to sacrifice the queen within the first 10 moves of those games. Did I get that right? Yeah, that, that was exactly That's hilarious. I That's know, <laughs> it was so much fun, but he actually prepared for it. He used a computer to find the best lines to sacrifice your queen so that they're actually things that he could play and win. It was fantastic. Wow. Do you take that as a compliment? That oh, someone that, that someone sure. goes to that length to just say right, okay. I got well, you. actually, it's just the competitive chess player in him. Uh -huh. He wanted right. to win the match, so whatever it takes. Yeah. Plus, it, that that's just got to be fun to watch, right? And and just to to follow it, and you cheer on, and and I bet. Uh, people, I mean, are there many chess trolls out there or is it all just in good fun? I, I think there's a lot of chess trolls. I mean, when you look at the chess.com chat room, I, I love chess.com, but it reminds me a little bit of what you'd find in like a, an online dungeon or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Oh. Whoa. I love it. Please don't drop me chess.com. <laughs> hey, listen, we, we got your back. We got your back. Yeah, You're yeah, not leaving it. the comments. You're just reporting on them. Nothing exactly, exactly. So, so um, what did you major in in college? I studied international relations with a focus on East Asia because I wanted to do U.S.-China policy. Wow, Ooh, look at okay. you. Okay. Right. Yeah. Go, going all Condoleezza Rice on us. But, <laughs> yeah, she actually gave me my diploma. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> she, yeah. she's... Uh, she's yeah, ex-Stanford, she right? Yeah. Oh, she's yeah, she's they took her back. Yeah. Okay. She was yeah. in international relations as well. Exactly. Did you just say I said that? I said they took her back. That was it. Uh, <laughs> do you play Go? I've never played Go. I'm worried that if I try another strategic game, I'll get addicted and then I won't get better at chess. Oh. Well, I mean, you've, you've got a handful of devious strategies. Well, I say that more than a handful, I'm sure, for chess. I dare say you'll create something for a, a game like Go. I mean, most of my devious strategies come within the frame of time game. So if it's a one minute game, I do mm -hmm. come up with a lot of tricks because it's almost as if there's some luck involved. You can guess that your opponent might make a mistake just because they don't have time. Right. Oh, interesting. So, so okay, so you should now publish a book called, you know, The Book of uh, Botez Tricks, yeah. right? I could, and I think I would make a lot of people upset on the internet because uh, people get really upset when you dirty flag them. Okay, what is a dirty flag? It means when you make your opponent run out of time in a position they're completely winning. Oh, okay, okay. So, so if, if it's a time event, who cares? You win. That's so what care. I say. I said it's yeah. within the rules. I'm not doing anything yeah, wrong. It's, you win four corners on them. <laughs> yeah. like, they're like you can't do that you can't go okay so how much how much uh, i have to ask just because that is what we do here um 
other than your chess geek underbelly, did you have any other geekiness where you were Star Wars or, you know, did you like physics or math? Anything like total card-carrying geek stuff? I, I was always just really nerdy. I, I loved school so much because school was like a game. You know what your why is. Your why is do the best in school because it helps your life. So I would go and study by myself. I mean, I came from a really poor middle school. My family were immigrants, so we didn't have a lot of resources. So I spent all of my free time just studying for the classes that I was taking. Wow. Okay. So you know what? I, yeah, yeah, it's, there are kids right now watching this, going, "God, I hate this woman." And they're watching, saying, "That's exactly right. That's oh, how. Man. That's how you break the code. That's how you that's work." Not, but you've got you've got a big gig now. You've, have you just signed with Envy? Uh, Envy Gaming. Yes. Yes, we just signed with Envy. I mean, congratulations. Wait, so we, is you and your sister. This is, well, yeah. yes, there it is. Yes, me and my sister, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you explain, I mean, not the finances, but how all of that is going to pan out? Because this is eSports, legit. Are you going yeah. to be, now, are you going to be doing eSports chess or is it going to be competitive chess as watched on the internet? Here's what I think it should be, and then you answer. I'm thinking you should. they should let you do whatever the hell you want. Yep. It just now has a more visible platform because they're only interested in you because of you doing what you wanted to do. Well, that, would, so, be, that, that would be smart. And then you and, lead the entire creative presence on the Internet. So what's, what's going down? That's actually exactly what they want to do. So they're already esports champions. They've won so many titles in different games. And now what they want to do is they want to help make the content even better. So we have a ton of tournaments, uh, chess-related tournaments that are really good and entertaining for the average person. And they're going to help with the production, with getting it out to media, with helping our ideas come to life. Right, because they've got the resources to do that. So yeah. are you going to are you going to take this bullet chess and 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 feature that because I'm going to be honest of everything that we talked about today, I mean you're talking about a 1500 year old game mm-hmm. that has resurged that that has some seen a resurgence. I have never heard of this bullet chess. Wait 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 that's only one of three or four fast chess. Words, yes. right? Yes, that's, what, what, what are the others? What are the others? Um, it's bullet and blitz. Blitz is over is usually five minutes or three minutes, and right. there's also rapid, which is usually fifteen minutes. Well, that and regular chess around. is what? And regular chess Re- is what? Regular chess is an hour and a wow. half with thirty seconds per move, and you usually get forty minutes or thirty minutes after the fortieth move, so it could last like six hours. Yeah, that's wow. that's not what we're talking. But this, <laughs> this, <laughs> That's, that, that's not uh, what they're buying from nah, you. We're, we're, we're this not, is the nah, TikTok age. We can't watch more than 12 seconds. Yeah, we're not, we're not <laughs> talking about that. But I'm just telling you right now, this whole idea of a game lasting two minutes is, Ooh. I mean, I think you want to talk about something that's compelling to watch on screen. Yeah. That's an amazing uh, uh, That's an amazing. Uh, place well, to think, be. Of, think about it, Chuck. Think about the landscape for esports right now. Our drone racing league guys, our friends at the drone racing league, those races last just over a minute, minute right. ten seconds. So everything is snappy. Everything is like really pacey. So 
This is a good right, So, Alexandria, we, we interviewed uh, a leading drone racing champion. Wow. And that's a whole other eSport thing mm, because it's yeah. all electronically controlled. We, we only have a couple of minutes left. So, Alexandria, have you thought of playing quantum chess? That's why I asked you how much a physics geek is in you. Because quantum chess sounds like if you, if, if you get bored with chess and you want to take it up a notch. Mm -hmm. I, I, I actually watched videos on quantum chess and I played 5D chess. The thing is, these variants are so hard to do well, but they're very, very interesting. And I did Wait, what is 5D chess? 5D chess is basically you have five planes of chess. So you have to make sure you're checkmating the person in all of the different planes, if I explain that Ooh. correctly. Wow. Okay. Well, that's that's two dimensions higher than three D right. chess. I guess. Yes. How, how about the Star Wars? How about the Star Wars chess? Are you, have you have you ever played that where your monster kills another monster? Oh, I saw that. That was in oh, that holographic I have to check thing. Oh, check it out. My dad actually told me if I didn't watch Star Wars as a kid, I wasn't his kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his highlight of the week is watching Mandalorian and sharing my mom to my mom what Baby Yoda did. Oh wow! Okay, uh, all right. Well, so, it, so that's going your on. Your dad's a good it's man. In the blood. Yeah. Oh. That, that's a good, a good man. man. That's a good man. So you played five. I I have crack team of researchers that said you played five D chess after three beers. Well, yes, that was not the best preparation for the game. I admit. <laughs> guess, guess. Okay. So um, so it's, it's three B five D. That's that's what that's that's what that is. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. So did the Queen's Gambit on Netflix? Did that influence you at all? And uh, did you were you like me when I see a sci-fi movie and I say oh, that couldn't happen or that's not right or they didn't do that right? I think they had some good researchers on this. But how would you say overall they captured the reality of chess? This was the best depiction of chess on a screen ever. Whoa, but yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. okay. That, that's the one-liner, and it's not just me who thinks this. It's everyone in the chess community from what I've heard so far. So this was just fantastic for that, but it was also super entertaining on top of being accurate. What, what more could you want? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. And the lead actress in that, she's got those those creepy eyes. It's like, and I found out she's in she was in horror movies before this one. And you look at her eyes, it's like, yeah, put that woman in a horror movie. Because she <laughs> Neo. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she was. I didn't no, make this up. He's right. He's absolutely I right. Didn't, she's got this stare. It's like you. Yeah, you know. it is. Well, it's a great intensity for chess. Yeah. Um, I actually watched her interview. She, she did an interview with Judith Polgar, the greatest woman to ever play chess. She was ranked number seven. So she was the only to ever break top 10 in the world. And that was the only part of the show that I would say was inaccurate. In inaccurate. Yeah. And it was basically... I, I I like that they didn't make it about being a female in chess. But they did, I, I, I remember thinking that exactly. Once they got past yeah. the registration scene, which was very interesting. Uh, yeah, it was just here's someone who who wants to win. Right. Right. Um, but but for example, if you would have thought in that time frame, if you're actually a female chess player, the first female to ever qualify for the candidates, which the winner of competes for the world championship, was denied being able to play because she was female. So if this was realistic, then you know Beth Armon would have actually faced a lot more sexism. But what I loved about it is it shows you what it would be like to play chess if there was no sexism involved, and that is so inspiring. Right, and so that becomes the standard of how we all, and plus all the people who were sort of trash-talking her for being female became her close friends later on right. and wanted to help her, and she got better than all of them. So this, if you haven't seen, seen it, highly recommend it. Um, well, Alexandra, it's been a delight to have you on, and we're going to keep following your, your career, you and that of your sister, and uh, good luck with your new, uh, your new 
a sports contract. Yeah. And, and maybe one day we'll yeah. find competitive uh, chess in the Olympics. I no. mean, we have an Olympiad right now. So that's already pretty cool. But thank you so much for having me. This was an yes, absolute excellent, pleasure. excellent guys. Okay, and uh, Chuck, always good to have you. Always a pleasure. And you're you're tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic, Gary. Thank you, sir. You're, you're still tweeting at uh, my my left, three left feet. Your th my three left feet, and I don't yeah. know what the hell that means. And Alex, <laughs> <laughs> just tell us where to find you on Twitch. Botez Live, B-O-T-E-Z-L-I-V-E. Botez Live, and do you tweet and Yes, and Alexandra V. Botez. And, and uh, Instagram? Miss Botez. I wish I could have had all the same names, but they were taken. So, Alexandra, thanks for all those handles. Uh, we can find everybody here on the internet and do so. You've been watching, possibly just listening, to Star Talk Sports Edition, Gambits and Game Theory. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, as always, bidding you to keep looking up. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day, and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.